Now, I wanted to share something with you uh, here in in just a second, Um, but I did want to start by saying this past week, Andy and I celebrated 15 years, uh, 15 years of marriage, um, which was, it's a big deal. I know you're clapping for me. I've had to endure a lot, but uh, thank you. That affirmation that it's worth it um, really helps. Probably not going to make 16, um, but, you know, whatever it takes. Uh, Something you need to learn is behind every, uh, behind every great ministry person, uh, I don't want to say behind every, but I mean, hopefully, behind every, that there is a good spouse on the other end. And uh, Haley is always, Haley is as important uh, to what I do here, even though I'm up front, because uh, she has always been a great support. She's never put herself in competition with my ministry or made me choose between her and it. And uh, that's, uh, that just has meant the world, probably the most precious gift I've ever got um, in my life outside of, you know, children and all the rest of it. Um, but, you know, it really is a very, very precious gift. Um, I, don't, I don't mean to bring the tone down, and I, and I apologize for what I'm about to say, um, and I hope that you'll just hear my heart, but I believe that this should be a place where we tell the truth, don't you? And sometimes pastors have to tell the truth. Um, had a very bad experience about 10 minutes ago. I uh, had a couple that came in, sat down, and walked out. And they went to the car, and I prayed, and I said, God, what do you want me to do? And I felt this peace would just be there. And they came up to me, and they said, this is not okay. And I said, okay. They said, you know, you're requiring people to wear masks. I said, we're not. And they said, you're living in fear and not faith. And we've loved everything about this church. But we're leaving today. This will be our last Sunday. I said, I'm so sorry to hear that. I want to share with you, guys, I hate wearing masks. You do too. We know they're not the most, we we get it. We sat as a group of of pastors and said, how do we make the best decisions? No matter what we do, people are going to be mad. If we say nothing, people will be mad. If we say something, they'll disagree with what we're saying. All I'm asking you guys for is please don't wear masks. We can't make the right decisions. It's impossible. I'm trying my best, and so are our pastors, to live towards the kingdom, to not make it about us. We just need your support and your prayers. We don't need your criticisms, your complaints, your reasons. We get it. We know what's being said. We're not naive. But it's a hard thing when somebody looks at you and says, we love everything about this church. But this my heart today about that. Be an encourager. Be a prayer. Not everybody needs to know what you think about everything. I'm not sharing that with you. Just be supportive. Show some grace. That's all we're asking. Now, our staff is exhausted already. We're trying to bring our best to you. Just love us through it, please. We're, We're trying to love you through it. Father, today, we just pray. We just pray that we would be overwhelmed by your presence and not by our opinions. God, that you would just, that we would not have hard hearts. That we would just open our lives and say, God, where do you want to speak to us? God, the great news today is that when we are at our worst, you are at your best. And so we just ask that you would be at your best. 
that we would just get out of our own way. Father, that we would just do our, do our bit and show up and be prayerful for each other and love each other rather than always finding fault with each other. So Jesus, we just pray that your presence would be thick in this place today and that we would allow ourselves to be changed. We would allow ourselves to step off center stage and allow you to be our champion, you to be the one that we bless, you to be the one that makes the darkness tremble. So God, I just pray for that. Thank you that we can tell the truth here in good times and bad times. God, may you just do your work in our hearts. May we know that you are not done with us. We pray this all through Jesus. And the church together said, to lighten it up, uh, found a bill clip, billfold uh, last week. It has a 20 in it. If you can tell me the serial number, you can have it. Otherwise, the staff thanks you for uh, for the lunch and the coffee. I'm not going to leave it there because somebody's going to cheat you. You go and uh, go and grab it. Uh, starting a little mini series today called "Life's Too Short." We're going to talk about uh, life's too short. I was walking uh, walking my dog and. Uh, and this was just one of those things that we were going through and thinking about how short life is. And I'm kind of in that midlife area now of my life. Uh, hopefully, I mean, it might be over sooner, so I might have been in midlife at, you know, 15, but who knows. Um, but I, I'm doing my best, you know, just to try to live the best that I, the best that I can in my life. And I sort, of, I sort of wondered, why is life so short? Why is life short? When we think about it, when you read the book of Genesis and others, you see many people who are living into their 900s and their 800s and their 600s, and you think, okay, are those years the same as these or whatever else? Uh, the reality is that people used to live a lot longer. Uh, you've maybe heard me say this in years past. Um, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, I think our perception of it is God put them in the garden, and like two weeks later, they were sinning. And I don't believe that. I believe that it actually was decades, maybe even hundreds of years before that happened. Um, I, I just don't think it was this, you know, nine-day turnaround from creation to sin. I think it took a long time, and, and I sort of have reasons why I think that, but I think people lived a long time, but eventually sin creeps in. And one of the things that happens by Genesis 6, God says this. He says, then the Lord said, my spirit's not going to contend with humans forever. They are mortal now, and so their days will be 120 years. God limits that, and it's actually an act of grace, not an act of punishment, to say, if I give them a full runway long enough, they will choose sin. Now, they will anyway, but I'm trying to shorten that, because if I give them too long, they'll be devoted to it, and then they'll, it's like a diet. You really are good that first month, and then by week seven, you're eating cake again, and you don't quite know how that happened. It's because it's the human spirit. Now, later, if you read Psalm 90, this is where, where the psalmist writes about these, some of these things, some of the language we know, that God limits it again. And this is also found in Isaiah and other places. It says, our days will be 70 years or maybe 80 if your strength endures, if you're healthy. Yet the best of them are in trouble and sorrow, but they'll pass quickly and we will, we will fly away. You see, I think one of the things that I've realized uh, just recently is that life needs to be short. Uh, if we have too much, it gets bad. 
But when, when God shortened things, things went, went better. Now, let, let, me, let me illustrate this by a simple, simple question. We're going to talk about uh, life too short. Today, we're going to talk about work. We're going to talk about our job. How many of you love your job? Do you love your job? I see next to all the staff. April. Uh, okay. You got anything to say to April? This is the week. Probably to say to her. No. <laughs> um, you love your job. You, how many of you are like, yeah, my job's okay. It's got good benefits. And how many of you hate your job? Okay. Uh, some of you do. And that's okay. Let me say this. Life's too short, so do what you love. Now, I understand that that's not always possible. Sometimes we need insurance. Sometimes we need money. And people hate their job. I hate my job. Well, why don't you go somewhere? Oh, no, they have great benefits. <laughs> I got good hours. Okay, let's talk about it. Um, ultimately, it'd be great if all of us were operating in, in our passions. In fact, you go to any kind of job seminar or anything like that, they'd say do something that you're passionate about, that you're devoted to, that you absolutely love. Because if you, if you do that, being paid is almost like a gift. It's like, hey, I can't believe they pay me to do this. This is what I want to do. I really don't see myself doing anything else. doesn't mean you don't want to excel or do better, or maybe you're, you're, you're laying the groundwork for a job that you want in the future. All those things are okay. But life is too short to do what you love, at least partially do what you love. I'm going to give five rules today to what I think is uh, kind of the key, and then I'm going to back them up with some scripture things that I think is a good word for us, because I think we need to hear a good word right now about some of these things. And some of these things might convict you, and some of these things might free you, and, and hopefully in the midst of it, you'll, you'll find yourself in this story. Rule number one is this, you cannot be a bad employee. If you're at a job that you hate, you cannot be a bad employee. Being a bad employee is entirely different than having a job that you hate. And I think sometimes we justify, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to do my bare minimum just to keep this job and not get fired, and I'm really going to be a bad employee. I'm going to tell you that that is off limits, and I'm going to show you why God says that's off limits. I'm not saying you can't have a bad day. I'm not saying that you can't quite feel it. But if you're one of those people that is always calculating a way to use the sick time that you have for no reason when you know you're not sick, you're a bad employee. That's why at this church we don't do sick time. We just give it all and say PTO because we don't want to create the environment of, hey, I ran out of vacation time and I really want to go to Cabo for the weekend, so <coughs> I'm not feeling good. We don't want people to lie. And let me tell you this, our pastors lie all the time. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, th they really have integrity, okay? They really do have integrity. But, but part of it is just saying, hey, here's your time. This is your time away. Just take it. Use it how you want to. I think businesses, personally, here's an opinion coming. I know you didn't ask for it. I don't like it when they separate out sick time because it encourages people to lie. It makes them fabricate things in order to gain their time. Just give people their time. And say, hey, this is what it is. But if you show up late to work every day and you're one of those people that's never, you're not looking for things to do, you're not trying to do your best, you're a bad employee, that's inexcusable, you need to do better. Did you hear that today? Good. Moving on. Number two is this. A complaining employee is a bad employee. You complain about your job? I'm not saying once or twice. Man, it really frustrated me today. We were busy. This didn't happen. This person didn't show up, yada, yada, yada. If you complain every single day, you need to get a different job because it will steal your joy. And if you complain, if you go with a heart of complaint, you can never have a good attitude at your job. So you're never going to do your job, which means you're going to become a bad employee. Don't 
complain. This is where Philippians 2, 14 and 15, Paul writes to the Philippians and says, do everything, including your job, without grumbling and arguing. Some translations say without complaining. So that you may be, can I get an, is that like your mantra? Okay. Um, so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God, without fault. You hear the language there? If you're taking something bad in there, you are at fault. But if you try to, to do things without grumbling and complaining, you're going to be blameless and pure without fault in this warped and crooked generation. And then you will shine like stars in the sky. If you have a bad job, but you do your bad job well, there is honor in that. Rule number three is easy. Work hard. The Bible calls us to this. We need to work hard. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, let us not become weary of doing good. For in the proper time, the, the, the literal translation is, let us not become tired of working hard. For at the proper time, at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. God will do something. God is paying attention. And if you work hard at everything that you do, I know that there are things that we do not like doing in our lives or wherever else it might be. But if you do them to the best of your ability, they will get better because God sees that. Number four goes into that. Work for God always. When you wake up in the morning, if whatever you do that day is for the glory of God, your day will go better. This is why when we see things through God's lens, first, my job, this is not my job. This is God's job that he's given to me for a while. This money is not my money. It's God's money that he's loaned to me for a while. And no matter what I do, I'm going to do it for the glory of God. I'm going to work hard for the glory of God. This is why, again, Paul to Colossians, Colossians 3, 22, 23, whatever you do, whatever you do, that covers all of it. Work at it with, with your whole heart, as if you're working for the Lord and not a human master. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Jesus Christ you are serving. When you go to your job, you might have a bad boss. He is not your boss. Jesus is your boss. Work for him. Work for the one who created everything. And then hopefully, rule number five is, wait for God to promote you. I know that we all feel at times, uh, <laughs> I deserve to be somewhere else, I deserve to have a raise, I deserve to have a bonus, I deserve to have a better title. And those things are true. And sometimes people are treated unfairly. But if you do it for God, it doesn't really matter. Wait for God to promote you. Listen to these words. I'm going to read the entirety of James chapter 4. It's not a long chapter, but I want you to hear what God is speaking in the midst of this. He says, <laughs> what causes fights and quarrels among you? Do they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive 
because you ask with the wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity with God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has called to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That's why the Scripture says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. I've told people for a long time, if you humble yourself, God will put you where you need to be. If you force yourself to where you need to be, God will humble you. Wait for God. He will do it. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or a sister or judges them speaks against the law. You are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Now listen then. You who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this city or spend a year there, carry on business and make money. You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? Here's the life's shortcoming. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That's how long life is. It's a, it's a mist. It's a tear. It's a single moment. Instead, you are to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this and that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good that they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Uh, many years ago, Maya Angelou um, made this comment. It was on cards. It's all over. And it uh, very eloquently and simply just said, when you know better, you do better. And I think that it is a powerful statement for us to hear today. Haley and I talk about it all the time. Every day, er every time we know something more or something greater, we try to step towards that. And in our lives, listen, some of you might be convicted and say, hey, I complain a lot at work and I need to stop doing that. I'm, 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 I'm at the bottom of the barrel and I complain about not getting bonus, but I'm not bringing my best to the table. And I'm going to go into work tomorrow, and I'm going to go in, and I'm going to try to have the best attitude I can. I'm going to wake up and say, okay, Jesus, you're the boss. <laughs> I'm going to follow you. I'm going to work for you. Even though my job is terrible, even though my boss hates me. But I believe that if I do my best, you can do a great work. And my best is not going to be perfect. My best is going to be, be probably wrong a lot of the times, but I'm just going to try and have the best heart I possibly can in this situation. When we allow our faith to come out, <laughs> it has the power to, to change the world. 
you might be the change that they need at that nursing station. You might be the change that they need in that business office. You might be the change that they need in that restaurant. You might be the change. And when you know better, you'll do better. It doesn't mean you have to be mean and hateful to other people. It means you just have to say, I feel convicted that I'm not doing my best and I'm going to do better. Not because I think there's going to be a bigger bonus at the end of the day, but because the Lord Jesus Christ comes first in my life and I'm going to work for him first and all the rest of it will come into place. And I'm going to wait for him and I'm going to give my best. And I believe God is watching. And even though I'm going to come home and be like, it's not happening for me or it's frustrating to me, it doesn't matter. day regardless of what's happened can that not just be our saying (laughs) he comes first you come next let's try to love both well father thank you today